when you understand that your time and attention are your most valuable resources, you tend to want to guard them that much more. If I'm not hard on those boundaries, like I will end up wasting so much more time and I will end up having a worse day because of it. Welcome to the Slow and Fast Podcast, where we slow down and break down ideas and techniques to help speed up your creative journey. I'm Stephen Ward, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, John Masio. How you doing, John? Doing well. How are you doing? Fantastic. I'm waiting for this headache to go away, but otherwise, wonderful. <laughs> Wouldn't it be a Monday without like a couple of things happening in life, right? Headaches. <laughs> this morning, my dog had like an episode I had to take him to the vet. Luckily, my dog's okay. Everything's all good. But still, it's... um. It's so, it's so interesting how like we all pretty much everyone can just say like, we all hate Mondays and anyone who says otherwise, um, is a sociopath. I don't believe them because like Mondays are just not fun. It's like everyone had fun over the weekend and then Monday is like, oh my God, I got to get all this done before Friday and then shoved in your face. But it was so funny this morning because there were so many minor obstacles and all I was thinking about was, man, I might, we might need to reschedule this podcast recording. But it didn't happen. And all I could think of was like, man, today's like today, my journey this morning is totally on point for the theme of today's episode of we're covering atomic habits, which is uh, one of the best books, life changing books that I read last year. And this is an episode I know we've both been really excited about covering. We're going to break it into two parts because it. We don't want it to be too long of an episode, but there's a lot of really cool. This is a dense book. It's yeah, a very it, dense it, book. It's a very like fast book to read because yes. it's a very James Clear wrote it very like very easy to read, but there's a lot in it. And when you're done with it, you're like, oh man, that's great. But then a couple of weeks later, months, you're like, wait, what was that thing from? I I know it's much more simple, but what like you you can't help but forget because there's so many little anecdotes that are just plugged into this book and there's a reason why so many like people in productivity and business entrepreneurs all recommend this book there's just so many principles that are very very easy to implement and i know we've discussed some well we've hinted at this uh book a few times in past episodes so it's finally great to be here and i'm glad uh, you know we're here recording uh and I'm actually surprised Steven's here because he has a headache and I mean that he's just a trooper. Just you just gotta push through, you know. It's it's not uh it's not too bad. It's it's mostly just a little pressure, but I'm okay. I'm I'm doing I'm doing just fine. If it was any if it was any worse, I would say like maybe we like hold off for like an hour. But like, no, we're good. And and as you said, like I'm actually really excited to to kind of go over this book at least in some detail because i feel like this book is definitely like the gateway towards a lot of self-improvement journeys for people like us and people that we know because this was definitely like one of the first books that i picked up uh because it was so highly rated as you mentioned um i'm stoked for yeah. this yeah so like i came across this book because uh back, what was it like in 2021 I was just really into TikTok. I'm still heavily into TikTok, but I was really into TikTok 2021. I found I I always find myself in like business, marketing, productivity worlds of anything. Like it it essentially could I mean that's why this podcast exists because this is just something I always like end up talking about anyway. So it was just really funny that I went from like dancing to like funny videos to all of a sudden I'm in marketing, productivity and all that other stuff and one book so I have a rule with books. It's uh, from, from for the most part, most books need to have like at least 500 reviews on like Amazon for me to like buy it because I just want to make sure enough people have like read it and it's not just like on a whim. But I don't. That's not a hard fast rule, but that's just one of them. Another one too with TikTok is like I don't buy every book that I see on TikTok, but if a book keeps popping up on multiple people's like two reads and they're not even the, like one's a book niche one's like productivity one's marketing one's like spirituality and life this book was one of those books that i'm just like maybe i just like the the name to me wasn't in, like it's not a clickbaity name like atomic habits i was like i hate the word habits i hate thinking of habits i hate building habits and i hate destroying habits i want nothing to do with this book and uh 
But I, I, I saw it come up enough. I was like, all right, I'm just going to buy this book and read it. And I shit you not, the day it came in, I, I read the first chapter. It came in on a Friday. I read the first chapter and I was like, my weekend is going to be literally reading this book. And I finished the book by the end of the weekend because like I just cannot put it down. I was just like, oh my God, like this is such a, it was an easy, fun read, but it's a very like motivational read. I, I, how how did you feel the first time you read it? It made everything that I wanted to achieve accessible. And and what I mean by that is that it's 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 less about the you know current results and more about the current trajectory. You know, like the the idea of the book is like changing small habits a little bit at a time to give yourself that one percent improvement on daily basis to add up to extreme results towards you know a future goal rather than like you know it's like I, I feel like a lot of people. You know, they get really pumped. They take on huge projects. They're like, "All right, this is great. This is gonna. I'm gonna change my life, and I'm gonna do all this stuff. Oh, I'm gonna get healthy. I'm gonna go work out." And then they do like, you know, some huge workout, some huge project, some mm -hmm. like massive <clears throat> task, and then they burn themselves out immediately because they don't have the systems in place to really, you know, work through that 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 load. And then they just kind of backslide back into their comfortable position that they had prior to it. Yeah. Or it leads to like burnout, which we've both experienced. And that was one thing that popped out to me when I read that book the first time is it, I was just like, oh, wow, the, the mentality of hustle culture and everything that I had believed in actually in this book, it's like, if it, it's basically, you're so concerned about the one thing in front of you that it's like, how do I go from point A to point B in like 10 hours as opposed to 10 weeks. Right. Mm -hmm. And with hustle culture, that's like, that's the rule. It's like, yo, no, outwork everyone. But what happens is like you either don't fall through, it doesn't get done right, and or you burn yourself out. And so many other things can happen. And this book really focuses on like, it's not a, it, it, yes, there's a, there's a place you want to get to. There's a trajectory you want to go on. But don't like force it to go faster than what it needs to be. It's about what are your current results and are those results going to amplify the end result that you desire? Cause if not, all you're going to do is make more work to clean it up at the end and, or you're just going to like hate everything about it. And a lot of, you know, entrepreneurial gurus out there will just say like, you got to love the process. And this book really instilled that in me. It was like, shit, I loved the process. But what happened was I was trying to cram the process into like, just unsustainable thresholds that just destroyed me over time. And just reading it, I was like, oh, damn. Yeah, I did that wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, no, go ahead. Oh, I was about to say, you know, I like, and, and I think probably the best aspect of this book as far as like, it gives you solid foundational strategies to yeah. incorporate it. I think that to me is like the best aspect of it. And it's very, very clear on how to incorporate these like new habits you, you want to try out. And it gives you multiple different strategies to do it. So like anybody can pick out one or two or three things that work for them, you know, cause I'm sure like, I'm sure there's things that I took away that you probably didn't and vice versa. Like some strategies that worked for me that didn't work for you and strategies that worked for you that didn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's one thing with the strategies that was really uh, eye-opening was like going back to, you know, wanting to turn 10 weeks into 10 hours. And it's like, oh, I want to accomplish like all the these things within like, I want to achieve my five-year plan within like three years. And you're raising the, 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 the stakes of your goal essentially, right? To meet this just like... It could be obtainable, but it's just like the rate of how you have to work to get there. Mm -hmm. It's just so exhausting over time. And this book was just like, instead of doing that, because all you're doing is you're creating a strategy of you're not thinking too far ahead out with your strategy. So maybe what the real answer is, isn't doing more work in less time, but changing your strategy to have greater results in a faster time. And I know that sounds like the same thing, but it's not because you might have a mindset and I know I have done this where I'm like, I'm a, I need to like edit these 10 drum tracks in like 24 hours, right? And my strategy would be like, do the same process through everything. 
and yeah, I get there and I'm exhausted, but I'm going to stay awake. Whereas if I really slow down, I'm like, okay, how do I do this in a way that doesn't kill me? Oh, why don't I just give some of my paycheck to somebody else and have them do five tracks and I do five tracks? Like changing my strategy to something so simple would keep my sanity, but because I'm so like fixated on the achieving the end goal, I'm raising the stakes on something that's going to take it to like a very unhealthy level. And mm-hmm. just reading that in the book, like these strategies, I'm like, man, like my brain, I'm very strategic, but my brain sometimes just overcomplicates how to get something done and thinking like, okay, instead of me doing everything, how do I break this one thing up to be very obtainable? And, you know, ultimately two people working on one project. Yes. I take a central pay cut, but if the, if all I have to do is review five drum tracks and those drum set tracks sound great, I essentially can like get more business because maybe that person refers me. And now if I have like two or three people wanting edits, Hey, you want to do half the edits and I'll give you this much. Sure. Cool. I essentially create like, you know, a system in place with people who are able to execute and my strategy has changed. So now my business essentially grows because I've changed instead of me doing everything. And this is just a very simplistic example, but it's one I can draw for, from real life where I did have to edit like 10 or 12 songs in one night for drums because they had to record the next morning. So I exhausted myself and it was just a bad, terrible experience. And it wasn't until this book where I was like, why didn't I just hire one of my friends to help me? Like, I knew like this wasn't like a, this is going to make rent gig. This was just me doing it gig to make some money. There was no reason, logical reason for me not to have changed the strategy at that point. And this book was just like very eye opening to me getting out of my own way sometimes. And just like rethinking before the end objective. And like we've discussed with this podcast, like you're listening to this podcast now, just know it's been recorded a couple of weeks in advance because when we started this podcast, one of the things was like, we didn't want to record, I didn't want to record one episode and then like we're playing catch up and thinking of ideas. It was, all right, what are like 10 things that we can talk about that we want to talk about? Let's get 10 episodes pre-recorded ready to go before we launch. That way people, we can give the listener something to bench to, but also we're not playing catch up and all, and we will also troubleshoot things along the way and be without having even launched yet. There's already so much we've learned. I don't know how you feel about any of that, Stephen, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, I think that also like, cause we, when we're talking about systems and I think like habits also kind of break down to a daily um, sort of daily rituals, right? So like, I think in our last podcast, we talked a little bit about like people having discipline to sit down and do their work every day without having to wait for inspiration, without having to wait for motivation to strike. And I think that this sort of speaks to that as well, because it should be a habit that, you know, at this time during the day, I'm going to sit down and work on podcast editing, or at this time of the day, I'm going to work on mixing and i think that break like building these habits into your daily routine makes makes a vote for who you identify as as much as anything else because it's like if you're an audio engineer if you say i am an audio engineer or i'm a mixer then every day you should be doing something that's mixing like yeah. if you're if you're working on like this podcast like you and i are podcasters now i'm a podcaster all right that means that every day i'm going to sit down and do something that's going to work towards building up this podcast like it's it's a vote for identity just as much as anything else yep and it's like this podcast you know we're both entrepreneurs we're both people who love education productivity and all that and we're aiming at talking to people like us who are creatives, video, photography, music, and audio. And it's very often where it's like, I'm going to use audio again as an example. I want to be a mixer. And it's like, okay, cool. So what are you, what are you doing to actively try to make that, that goal happen? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just recording every band I can. Well, here's the thing. And I've talked about this so many times is that just experience for the sake of experience is not good experience because all you're doing is focusing on this goal but your strategy to that goal is actually fundamentally broken by doing it that way. And that's one thing that this book brought to light where I was like, oh shit, the reason most engineers, audio mixers and producers just like, it takes them 10 years to get to something sustainable in their career 
which is a very long time, but that's like the reality of it is because their strategy to that goal is not ideal for a world and a lifestyle they want to live. Like you need to pay food, you need to pay rent. If you're recording any band and every band just to get experience, mm -hmm. your strategy is one of burnout. Like you're just gonna get exhausted doing that way. But if you change your strategy to like, I want to work with these type of bands, my strategy is going to be to write five songs, to make my own EP, learn what it takes to not, I don't even need to be a great band. I just want to be in a band that can play shows with these bands that I like, become one of them, become immerse myself in this community so that when they hear, when they go to a show and they hang out and they're like, oh crap, you're, you did this record? Yeah. We should do a song together. They already trust you because one, you're one of them. You're part of the community because you're in the band. Two, the results speak for themselves. If your songs are good, they're going to want to automatically work with you. Now your strategy is totally different than I'm just going to a show and trying to like come up to a band and be like, please record with me. Like that strategy is so dated and it takes such a long time for that to actually work because you have a whole city of people competing against you for the same thing. You have to think differently in your strategy. And this, that was one of the things that differentiated me with my audio career was I wasn't just trying to intern for anyone. Like I was like, I need to get an internship with a producer or somebody who's doing something that one makes sense for me. And two is something that like I will enjoy. And it was, you know, not everyone's as fortunate and lucky as I am. I was able to, you know, get linked up with Bo and that just led to so many cool opportunities. Steven, you wanted to, you wanted to do some sort of content creation and you know, your hard work and just learning video. Like you weren't a video person you want to learn, but that led you to your gig that led you to so many opportunities because your strategy was different than I'm just going to make a bunch of content on a YouTube channel and hope it lands, mm -hmm. which is the strategy a lot of people do. And again, stop worrying about the goal and setting new goals. But what is the, what is the ultimate goal? What is your strategy there? And what's a better, like really take time to do the research and, you know, figure out how do you achieve that goal in a much better, faster, and just sustainable way? Because burning through every band, burning through every video, every music video, Steven, you spoke about, we spoke about last week, um, possibly recording a, a band that, you know, making a video for a band that you ultimately were going to get burnt out by. Like these, mm -hmm. those things are not going to be what make your career great. Finding the strategy to make your goal happen is, and this book really hammers at home. And maybe we've hammered the same point for a few minutes now, but it's just really crucial to understand the difference between just like doing things for the sake of doing them, mm -hmm. but, or doing things with a strategy in mind. Cause even though this podcast is fun, there's already a strategy in place before we even go to launch. And there's a strategy. It's like, I, I have ideas. Me and Steven have ideas of what we want to have accomplished by the hundredth episode already. Like there's things in place. There's reasons why this things exist. And the same thing with my YouTube channel, I'm, you know, there's other strategies I can do, but the, I, the one I've chosen to go about is the harder one to do, but when it pans out, the growth is going to be exponential based on the skills that I'm developing. Whereas if I went the other route, which most people do, that's a five to 10 year game. And I'm just like, no, I, that's just not me. Cause mm -hmm. that's not how I've done anything in my career. And this book just showing me like, oh, well you messed up here because you didn't, you were so focused on these shortcomings. So now when I look at things, I'm like, okay, this is how, yes, I do this thing, but what's a, what's a better way to achieve that in faster time that I'm not even thinking about. Maybe I do pay money to somebody. Well, it's also like a matter of repetition and focused, focused practice. Like there's, there's a section in the book that's really great um, about, you know, how much is, how much of skill is inborn, how much of it is just practice, you know? So like making sure that like, yeah, it's funny because the, the, the idea is like, you know, you, you hear, oh, somebody's going for quantity over quality, you know, that you, you hear that, mm -hmm. that, that, um, that disparaging comment and like, you know, people just like, who kind of just like shotgun out, like, you know, content or pictures or whatever. Um, yeah. but there's actually something to that, you know, if you have, uh, I know that there was an experiment that was done, uh, with college students in a pottery class. And like, you had this, you had group a that was supposed to make as many 
pieces of pottery as possible. Like as many, like I think it was like a vase or something like that. They were supposed to make as many as possible. And then the second group was to make one single perfect pot. And the group that actually made the better pot was the one who did over and over and over and continued to create more and more because they learned from their mistakes and they were able to grow from that, from the previous failures. Um, and that's a lot like acquiring any new skill and embarking on any new endeavor. You're going to have to just put your work out, learn from your failures and move on. And it's just that sort of practice and that habitual putting out content and being afraid, you know, not being afraid to, to make mistakes and learn from them. Yeah. I think the biggest strength as a creative and a creator and a mixer or anything is like embrace the suck. Mm-hmm. It, you know, like it, we, we, I think by default, anyone who's creative by nature likes to procrastinate by nature because they want perfectionism, right? We, I know I want yep. everything to be perfect. Yeah. And along that journey, you realize like the goal is not to be, you know, the goal isn't to be like the world, a world, the goal shouldn't be to be the best mixer of mixing one song. The goal right. should be just to be a mixer who mixes songs mm-hmm. because that in longevity is going to actually make your career. Like Chris Lord Algae isn't known for mixing one song, right? He's known for mixing many, many songs because he is a mixer. Just like you want to, let's say you want to be someone who is a reader. It's not about reading the best books. It's just about picking up a book and reading and, you know, not forcing yourself to do it every single day, but just do it, you know, when you have, when you have five minutes, just read for five minutes. You know, if it's only, you only have time like two or three times a week, then only read for two or three times a week, but you're still a reader. Maybe you're not at a level of like someone who reads like a book a week or averages that, but you're still a reader. Mm-hmm. It's, or if you need to listen to an audiobook, you're still, you're still a reader. It's just, you know, going back to what Steven's saying, this is saying, it's like the more you do something, you are that thing that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And by doing it, you're creating a habit and kind of going back to creative calling, when you when you keep doing these things over and over again, all of a sudden your identity as like what kind of books you like to read or what would you like to put out into the world as a creative starts becoming more and more uh, apparent because, you know, Stephen's example of the pottery, they they found us style. They found what worked through failure and embracing the suck as a mixer, as a producer, unless you also do that yourself you're not going to know like who you are as a producer. And I forgot what episode it was, but I also pointed out like, you might not be a producer. Maybe you are just an engineer or maybe you're not a mixer. Maybe you're just a producer mm-hmm. and, or maybe you're not a mixer producer engineer. Maybe you're a master engineer. Like you just have a good sense for how the final thing should sound. Right. Like there's so many different processes at this, any stage of recording and everyone gets so fixated on like, well, this one looks like the more glamorous job because there's more interviews and sound and sound and there's more plugins with this person's name. It's like, if that is your goal, are you also like, is that in alignment with what you actually want to do? Or are you just doing it to do it? Cause like after you've accomplished that goal, what's next too? you know, it's, is you achieve that and that's it. Like you're done. Cause I'll tell you what, I've achieved pretty much every goal that I set out for from 2017 until last year. And look, I've accomplished all of them. I'm like, man, I accomplished everything I wanted to, but now I'm here and I'm just like, none of it mattered anyway. <laughs> like, I mean, I learned a, 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 like so much, I got so much experience. I met so many awesome people, but now the path that I'm going down and what I actually motivates me is so different. I'm just like, man, but to, to, to for me, I had to go through all that stuff. I had to meet all of those goals to take me on the next journey in life. So that's one thing also is if those goals, again, are in alignment. And for me, even though this one seems a little skewed, my, those goals technically are still in alignment because had I not got the experience from being a mixer, a, a mix coach, an assistant engineer, there is no way I'd be prepared to handle taking on a YouTube channel within music technology and be confident in like, yeah, I could pretty much teach anyone mm-hmm. how to mix someone with no experience in three months, I'm very confident with through coaching, I could turn him into someone who could just obliterate the competition. And, you know, that's a bold statement, but had I not gone through, 
the other goals, then yeah, I wouldn't be able to say that. But focusing on just creating all the time or reading or whatever it is, but don't exhaust yourself by mm-hmm. like having this goal that you need to obtain in a short amount of time. And yeah, um, what do you think, Stephen? Well, let me ask, like, so what, what were some of the best techniques that you found worked from you for worked for you from this book? Cause I can think of so, two for myself, but I'm, I'm curious what you, what you particularly found useful. For me, it was just, uh, well, the first one is it's not really a technique, but like st- st- creating, really focusing on my systems. Like mm-hmm. that's one thing in 2021, I really, I needed to understand how my brain worked because one day I woke up and I realized like everything that I had done was like in so many different apps and programs. And I was like, I need to really figure out a system that I can stick with that like that's the system I'm going to stick with. And that's it. Like as much as I, I love, I have this, like my, my toxic trait is I love productivity apps <laughs> and I download them on my phone and my computer and I will test them out. I'm like, Oh, this is revolutionary. And then within a week I'm like, man, I'm back to Apple notes and click up. <laughs> like, um, I like Note too. Note is like my whiteboard in a box, but you know, I, I enjoy Notion, but at the end of the day, for me, it's like Apple Notes for like my personal like writing and stuff like that. I'm like, because it wasn't fancy, I didn't think it was part of a system, right? Because I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, this is not fancy enough to be a system. But to me, I'm like, if I can pull up this note on my phone, on my computer and on my MacBook, it's a system. Yeah. So like, okay, drafts, note in my Apple Notes, like everything gets drafted there. Then when things are finalized, okay, cool. They go into ClickUp, they go into the calendar, done. Like that's pretty much for the podcast and a good majority of my YouTube stuff. That's how it all goes down. And then I use Note to like sketch out ideas for the, the YouTube channel. But really focusing on systems and how my brain worked. And yes, every once in a while I will download a new productivity app just because I want to check it out and see what's new out there because I'm like, it might be the next big thing. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm like, Apple Notes is right there on my phone. I can click on it. I can type everything out. I can do my to-do list on here. I can use columns. Like there's so much things Apple Notes can do that people don't really use it for. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, this is my system. I need to stop fighting the system because I feel like there is a, a more professional way to do things. I got... I threw that after reading this book, I was like, Apple Notes, man, drawing down everything on Apple Notes. And then when it's time to migrate it to like Google Docs or whatever, that's when I'll, I'll, I'll migrate it. And that's when it needs to go to like, I need to put it in a system where everyone can find it in a hub essentially, right? So that's like for ClickUp is like the hub where I can keep everything. So eventually, you know, when Steven and I have a team for the podcast, when I have a team for the YouTube channel, Everything's already been, everything's slowly being built in ClickUp. So when someone joins, it's like, yeah, everything, this is how the system works. Like it's already built into place. So, mm-hmm. and we talked about this on uh, the myth but yeah, for me, systems, how about for you? So I would say that for the last several months, like I've been really trying to develop healthier systems for myself physically and mentally. So like incorporating physical activity and like meditation and stuff like that. So I think the things that have really been helpful helpful for me from the book, uh, specifically uh, habit stacking is definitely one of the one of the biggest things. So like habit stacking is taking a pre-existing habit that you have and then stacking something on top of what you do. So like for me, a habit is getting up in the morning, turning off my alarm clock. So after so like the way that the habit stack works is after i do x i will do y so after i turn off my alarm i'm going to get dressed and go for a walk so for the last like two months straight maybe barring like two or three days uh i've gotten up and done like a two mile walk then on top of that every morning i have to have my cup of coffee so after i have my cup of coffee i'm going to sit down and pull up a meditation app so that way i'd spend at least like three to five minutes just doing breathing meditation. Uh, And that's been like really, really pleasant for me as a way of starting my day in a good way. Because before that, I would wake up in the morning, I turn off my alarm, pick up my phone and just go to like Facebook or uh, TikTok or whatever. And then I would spend like an hour, hour and a half just flipping through garbage. 
you know, and then I'd feel sluggish and awful when I got to my desk and ideas would kind of like come more slowly to me. So when I set up my morning in that much more positive way, I do far better quality work when I actually get to my desk. So, so yeah, habit stacking was a big thing for me. Um, I don't remember the name of the technique, but it's basically a gradual introduction to the habit or lifestyle that you like. Now, his ex uh, example in the book was like, say you want to develop a habit of going to the gym, right? So, okay, you don't just start by going to the gym and spending an hour, hour and a half there working out. Maybe you start off just by putting on your running shoes, putting on your workout clothes. Okay, next step just driving to the parking lot, looking at the gym, go home, you know, don't do more than you are willing to or feel motivated to, so, but put in some amount of work, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you might even find like, okay, I tell myself, I'm only going to go to the gym, I'm going to spend two minutes inside, and then I'm going to leave. Maybe during that two minutes, you feel like, you know what, actually, I can take on like maybe 20 minutes and feel okay. Maybe I'll walk on the treadmill, maybe I'll, I'll hop on, a, on an elliptical or something like that. And then gradually increasing that amount so that way you become far more competent and confident with that habit. Um, and that's that's been a lot of like the getting back into, into work habits for me. Uh, taking on like saying like, okay, today I'm going to just script two paragraphs of a video and that's it. I'm not going to worry about the rest or maybe I just take care of the outline and that's it. You know, and then if I feel like doing more afterwards, great. And if I don't, I've done everything that I set out to do during that day. So it's it's actually been really, really helpful because it builds into that habit. It builds up in small increments and doses the ability to take on bigger and bigger projects. Yep. The uh, I guess I've been doing habit stacking again without even realizing it. Yep. Because I, I was telling you a couple weeks back uh, – started this YouTube program and I also needed to take some time off the channel because I was like, it was changing directions. Like the tutorial based stuff. I was like, I am not going to be happy doing this for another whatever years. Again, changing my strategy. I've changed my YouTube strategy like five times by now. I can't even remember. I tell, every time I do, I tell Steven about it. He's like, all right, well, I'm watching what you do because <laughs> I'm very interested to see what works out. Um, this newest strategy that I've been, I started a new strategy. And it start, and I see, I saw it start working, but I needed to take it to the next level. So I, I got myself into a, a program with someone that I really respected, and it in just a few couple of weeks, I'm already like, holy crap! Like, I'm very confident the next year the channel is going to be in a totally different place. But one thing that was lacking is like I also stopped exercising. I and I was just like, man, I just can't get into the groove of anything anymore. Like something, it's not, I was like, I'm in my own head about stuff again. I don't even know why. And uh, I wasn't hard on myself. I was like, I'm just in a funk. I gotta chill. Like, I'm not. It. It's okay. Like I've been grinding for so long. It's okay. So on August 5th, I was like, or August 6th, I was like, I'm going to. I'm gonna ride the uh, the bike again for like for 30 days straight like i just want to get back into the groove like i'm not gonna worry about like lifting weights i'm not gonna worry about all i want to do is commit to 30 days of just doing the bike even on the days i don't want to i'm just going to do the bike and i found the time i'm gonna do i'm like i am just going to feed my dog in the morning and after he after my dog's done eating i'm going to do the bike and then i'm going to go shower and then i will start my day like and i've been doing it consistently and let me tell you there are like there have been a few days where I'm like, how do I get myself, how, how do I get myself out of this? Right. And I'm like, no, I can't compromise the promises I've made to myself. Like I have to keep my own promises. So one of the things in the book is like design an environment to help motivate you and accomplish your goals. That was one mm -hmm. thing that I took from the book. And it's like, if you want to work out, have your workout clothes set out, ready for you to go or something like that. And I remember when I read this book, I, before I was even going to lose weight, I ordered a bunch of exercise clothes back in 2021 because I was like, I'm going to have a workout shirt for Monday through Friday and workout shorts Monday through Friday. So I have what I need to just go get to go work out. There's no excuse. I will Monday through Friday. I can work out because I have you know the clothes to do so. So that was another thing was like 
after I fed, after I feed Oliver, I go back to my room and I change into my workout clothes so that when he is done, I am in my workout clothes and then I go immediately to the bike and creating these, these little habits of like, now this is done, this is done. And now I'm starting a new three month workout program and I'm up at like six in the morning and do my first workout, feed Oliver, do the bike. So I'm still maintaining the habit of the bike at the same time. But now at a time that I would be up doing pretty much nothing, just chilling on the bed, just like motivating myself mentally. I'm like, this is a new habit. Monday, Friday, I'm going to instill, feed the dog and then, you know, do the, do the bike. And then Saturdays and Sundays, same thing. And it's like that honestly for the past, since I started doing it again, my productivity has gone up exponentially again uh, mm -hmm. as well. Cause as soon as I'm done with all that, my brain goes into like creative mode. And there are some mornings when I start a little bit later, just because if inspiration comes in for like a script or an intro or a video idea or something or thumbnail, I don't get, I don't stop it. I'm like, all right, let's just follow this through. I don't have to clock in at any time. Let me just follow this through. So yes, there is room in there to break these habits, but my brain and my body are slowly being trained again on like, Oh, you said it best. Even like something in motion stays in motion. I forgot what it was, what the quote was, mm -hmm. but you, you mentioned something like that. And I was like, I just need to get back into the groove of it, whether I like it or not. Um, even when I have those days where I'm like, how do I get out of this? Like I'm over here just like a villain. Like how do I make an excuse to get out of this? Well, that, but that actually brings up a really interesting point is, is momentum because we, we had talked about this, I think a, several weeks back about like you, you were saying like, I don't like taking days off when working out because I feel like that just like kind of like ups and downs my momentum and I can't really yep. keep anything consistently. And momentum yep. even is one day thing. off for me, yeah. even, even one day off for me will throw me off. Like I, cause I hate working out. Yeah. So if I have a day off from working out, it's very easy for me to take two days off, three days off. Like that's just, I can't afford to not work out as much as I hate, hate it. Cause it will just throw off everything. And it makes me really worried about like going on vacations in the future. Like I have to figure out a way to stay motivated and work out. So when I get back home, I'm not in a funk again. And it's, mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It could be like, even on a vacation, it could be just going for like, instead of taking too many car rides, like walking to certain destinations so that I get that physical uh, activity going. But telling myself, like, I'm not just walking to a destination. I'm also getting a workout while I'm going to this destination. Like that, that type of mentality. Mm -hmm. um, if where I'm going, allows for walking because there are some places where you travel where you're, it's very hard to walk um but yeah like you had said that like staying in motion uh will be easy to keep in motion so that's why i was like i need to every single day just exercise and then i got a, a trainer and i was and the trainer was like well what days you work out? i was like look i figured out, I've, I've figured out that if i take a day off i will fail this program <laughs> so i'm going to do a bike every single day for 30 minutes while doing this program so Keep that in mind when you're making my exercises that I can do 20 to 40 minutes of whatever you assign me, but I am going to do 30 minutes of a bike after I am done. So don't kill my legs because yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to need those for the bike. I can't run. I was like, but whatever happens, like, please keep this in mind that I'm already doing this other activity. So don't give me anything on like Saturdays and Sundays, like Monday through Friday, do this. And I had, I had certain specifications. I was like, whatever you do though don't burn me out because if you burn me out, I will not be able to maintain and sustain. And luckily the coach that I got is awesome. She like understands, uh, she's really into like holistic, like body and mind and everything. So I was like, I, I need to work on my flexibility and my core. Um, strength is fine. Like I've never had an issue building strength. I was like, my legs are weak. So I have to like going through the whole thing, but I was like, do not screw with my bike schedule though. <laughs> like that is the only way I'm going to be able to commit to this plan. But that, again, goes back to like habit stacking, but a system, like mm -hmm. I'm slowly building a system and it's like, I cannot afford to, to let anything screw up the system I'm building. Cause if I can't maintain the system, I already know I will start from zero again. And it's not a bad thing to start from zero. It's just like, but once, once I am not working out, man, it is so difficult. I don't know why it's so hard for me to like get back into the groove of it. And again, I took like five years off of working out like four years or whatever. So I'm already doing better than I was doing last year, but still just, 
it's something I want to sustain and maintain. So mm -hmm. I'm creating a system to where at least the first part of my morning, it's the same thing. And there's really nothing happening. You mentioned a second ago about like social media. And I know when we first started talking about uh, like our transitions in life last year or no, yeah, last year, one of the things you had mentioned is like timers on your apps or something like that mm -hmm. on your phone. Mm -hmm. And ha after we had that conversation, I was like, oh, I'm going to do that. Another thing I forgot to mention to you that I've been doing is on, I don't know how it would work on an Android, but on iPhone, I can go to accessibility. And this is part of like designing an environment to help keep me to keep habits. So my phone stops working. My, I, I can't use apps after 10 PM and I can't use any apps before like 9 PM. So mm -hmm. I have a very locked in like 11 or 10 hours of time to use apps on the phone. And then all the apps have like, I think an hour of max time to use. So once I hit that, I'm like, I'm done with that app for the day. It sucks. Cause sometimes yeah. I'm in the middle of a video on TikTok <laughs> or something and it ends and I'm like, shit. Oh. And you know how they get you? Cause like, I don't, I don't do the delay for 15 minutes thing or whatever, because it won't just be 15 minutes. My no. brain will go back to like scrolling. So I'm like, oh, I will just have to wait until tomorrow, but it's getting, it's actually made it better for like, you know how, I forgot what the thing's called, but when your brain, when you get a text message, you immediately want to go check it or mm -hmm. anything, any loop that gets cut off, you need, your brain wants you to close it because it needs that mm -hmm. um, sense of closure. Closure, yeah. It's been yeah. really great at developing my endurance towards not giving a shit on that anymore. Like, yep. I'm like, if I wake up tomorrow and I can't see the rest of that video, it is what it is. Like, yeah, it life goes on, but. The other thing I'm doing is under accessibility, you can go to color tone and you can actually turn your phone on iPhone into black and white mm -hmm. instead of having colors. And I've been doing that for the past week. And oh my God, like it has been amazing. I will pull up my phone and because there's no colors coming at me, my eyes feel better, but also I'm overusing the phone much faster. Like I'm like, yeah, no, this shit like looks interesting. And I just yep. dropped my phone and I'm like, so I'm this not. is this is interesting because we're 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 kind of touching on some more aspects of the book here uh, without really naming it necessarily. So like uh, a habit is a cue, a craving, a response, mm -hmm. and a reward. Those are like the four four stages of of a, of a habit, um, and this can be towards something positive or something negative, something neutral. Like you know, um, you feel stressed, so you crave a cigarette, so you light one up. So it relieves the stress. Like there's like there's a there's a repetition and a in a in a, a pattern to to habits. Um, but there are certain things that you can do to to mitigate those habits. Um, as far as like what we're talking about is social media and apps and phone usage. So we are making so we're we're making we make the apps invisible first, right? So like that's that's a that's a very clear um, way of making it more difficult to feel cued to check your apps because you know what happens every time you open you know you look it up and you get these like little notifications like oh i see a youtube icon i see a twitter icon i see a ring icon so i got like i got notifications on my apps you know so i open it up but i've made them i've actually hidden the icons so i don't see the little red dots so mm. that cue is no longer there you grayscale your phone so it becomes less desirable. It becomes less like less enticing because you know that they saturate the colors. They make it so exciting for your brain to look at that you stay on longer. So you make it less desirable to be there. That reward is no longer there. So that that habit sort of becomes less uh, less desirable to hold on to. Yeah, I wish there was a way to time that on my phone because it would be so great to throw in time. But yeah, it's been. I didn't know iPhone could do that. And uh, I was like, oh, what happens if I just grayscale everything? Like make it not boring to look at, but essentially not as enticing. And mm -hmm. yeah, like I was just like really, I was like, this is incredible. Like I could see the difference and it wasn't like a placebo. It was like, I legit just like when I turned the colors back on, I would notice I'm like, oh, I've been on my phone. I know for I've been on it for a minute. Like, mm -hmm. but when I turn the color off, I go look at it and then I'm done and I'm like, all right, cool. Like yep. what's, what's next to go, what's next to do. And like another thing that I do is I don't have, when I'm working, 
I don't have the phone. My my phone is downstairs right now. I don't have it on me. I don't have it near me. iMessage is closed on my computer. Uh, my family's like, you, I called you and you didn't answer. And I'm just like, I don't have my phone on me when I work. You know this. Like, mm-hmm. my between, just because I'm at the house doesn't mean I'm not working. Between this hours and this hours, the phone is not on me. Like, I have my breaks. That's when I use the phone. And it's just... Uh, if the phone, even if, even if the phone's like over here, again, this is like going to design, uh, designing your ideal environment to create these habits that are going to help you. If I have my phone even on the desk or behind me, I know my phone is around me. Mm-hmm. So I'm already distracted thinking, about like, has someone messaged me? Has someone text? Phone being downstairs in my room, I'm like, well, it's downstairs in my room. Ain't nothing I can do about it right now. Mm-hmm. I, if I, and if I go over there and something had happened, cool. I will know about it then. Like, but I, it's, I'm, 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 I'm offline. <laughs> I am. I, I took the, I took the red pill. I, <laughs> you know, I'm it was disconnected. A, you know, it was a hard reset for me. Um, there was one time my phone broke. This was when I, I think, I think this was, this was my last iPhone, uh, before I switched over to Android. Uh, my iPhone broke. And I didn't have the money to purchase a new phone. So I think I spent, I think it was like two, maybe three months without a phone. And that shit was fucking weird. Like that sounds like so liberating to me right dude, now. <laughs> I li- like it was it was really really a, a a surreal experience only because like the things that I noticed that I did even though my phone was broke like I think I carried around this dead brick of a phone for like at least two weeks in my pocket. Like, just because it was, like, ha- so so habitual to, like, put on my pants, put my phone in my pocket, walk out the door, and then I'd be, like, on my way to work, and I'd, like, pull out my phone, and I'd be, like, that's dead. Why the fuck do I still have it in my pocket? Put it back in my pocket. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just, like, it's, like, having, like, the patch when you're quitting cigarettes or something. It's, mm-hmm. like, just something to, like, get that dopamine hit and mm-hmm. then move on. Uh, man, that, yeah, like... I think I was watching an interview with like Chris Pine or something recently and he recently got like an iPhone 4 or something like that and he was like, I'm an avid reader so I hate smartphones because before you know it, you've wasted so much time and he's like, so I got the phone and he's like, before I looked at, uh, he's like, before I knew it, I had like wasted like four hours on the phone and I was like, that's like four hours I could have used for reading. He's like, I freaking hate this phone because he had like a like a regular flip phone for like the longest time. And then he mm-hmm. wanted to do something, but he couldn't, but it was so funny. Cause he's like, yeah, I would get like uh gifts and I wouldn't know what they are. It would just be some crazy code on my phone. And I'd be like, I don't know what the hell you just sent me. And they're like, <laughs> bro, you gotta get like a, like a, like a regular phone. And he was like, nah, I hate them. And like, I love social media. It's what I've made my career on. I use social media every day, all day. Mm-hmm. But the, I am so like, there are some days when I wake up, I'm like, man, I don't even want a phone. Like I literally want to turn off my phone and just disconnect for like a month. And just like the way I communicate with you will be when I'm on my computer through email. Like, and there's like some producers who become recluse like that when they're making records with bands, like they don't answer phone calls. They don't answer emails. They just like, they're in that world making that record and that's it. Mm -hmm. And part of me is like, man, I would love to just disconnect my phone, not talk to anyone and just like work and know that the phone is only going to be turned on at a certain time. And you know, sometimes there are some apps still that like I delete every day and I reinstall every, uh, every morning, like, uh, TikTok, Twitter, like I have to take those off my phone at the end of the day. Um, mm. there's certain like TikTok is one of those that like it, it, it is that app to me is so amazing. It's going to be studied in the future. Um, cause it is so much more addictive than Facebook, Instagram, or MySpace ever could have been. Right. Um, it's such an addicting app and it's so fascinating to me, uh, from a psychological standpoint. And I'm like, they're going to like this out of all the apps and social media, this is the one that's going to be studied on how it got people just, like, you can waste an hour on that app and I don't realize it. And I know a lot of people like hate that app for whatever reason. I like it. I find it entertaining. It's to me, it's great. But it's also, it doesn't create an environment of where I can get shit done. So I have to be very, very careful. During the, I'm really good at Monday through Friday, really minimizing my TikTok time. Because uh, that one is the biggest one for me. But on the weekends is when I'm like, all right, cool. I can indulge myself. Like, mm-hmm. I, I purposely make weekends more of a hangout than work. And uh, it's crazy how much more, like, 
I've always been like the busy type of person, but I don't know about you, Stephen, but for me, creating these boundaries and these controls and these systems, I am so much more productive than I've ever been yep. than I ever was in the past. And I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> I think you like when, when, when you understand that your time and attention are your most valuable resources, you tend to want to guard them that much more. And having boundaries with your phone that is that is always demanding your attention, uh, having boundaries with the people around you who are also demanding your attention. You know, like we're like I, I respect people who can just say, like, you know what, I'm gonna be gone for a month. Don't talk to me. And then on top of that, of having a circle around you that understands that is mm -hmm. so vastly valuable to your mental health, to the quality of your work, because if you can have those hard boundaries, like like you said, you have an hour for each of your apps, a timer for, for each of your apps. I have 20 minutes on my, my timers because I want, oh, wow. yeah, 20 minutes only. And uh, because I look at like the time spent on my phone on these apps and I'm like, that time adds up. Like having like, having an hour on TikTok, having an hour on Instagram, having an hour on Facebook, having an hour on YouTube available per day, will that time will get soaked up for me personally, you know? And and obviously not everybody's going to be like that, but I know my like I know my limitations and what boundaries I have to set for myself. Um because if I don't if I if I'm not hard on those boundaries like i will end up wasting so much more time and i will end up having a worse day because of it yeah and i mean that's like a good place to wrap up this current episode mm -hmm. is on just avoiding temptations that trigger those bad habits like you know you're you have a 20 minute timer i have to actually delete some of the apps mm -hmm. um creating the again and it all comes down to what works for you personally like steven's workout the way Steven starts his day would not work for me. Um, mm -hmm. I have to do my, I have to start my day a little bit differently, even though essentially you could say, well, you guys are both working out. It's like, yeah, but I can't do walks like that in the morning. Like I, I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to have to fake a smile and say, hello. <laughs> I don't want, and I, I, in the mornings I need to be left alone. Mm -hmm. um, I am not a morning person. I have, even though I wake, just <laughs> it's always funny because like I'm an early riser, but just because I'm an early riser does not mean I like people in the morning. <laughs> it's like yes, I'm that's, awake. That's fair, but I don't want to talk to anyone just yet. Like I'm ready to talk to you after an hour, hour and a half of being awake. Then I'm ready to engage because like sometimes I'll wake up early and like my family's awake and they're like wanting to talk to me and I'm just like, bro, just because I'm awake right now does not mean I'm ready to have a conversation with you. Like, nah, cut it. Like. Why are you being so grumpy? I literally just woke up like 15 minutes ago. You mm -hmm. asked for this. Like, you didn't give me time. But thank you guys for listening. We'll catch, we'll go over more of the systems in the next episode. And yeah, catch you in the next one. Awesome. So if you found this episode helpful, please share it with somebody you know who would also find some value in this episode. If you'd like to continue this discussion with John and I, you can find a link to our show's Discord server in the show notes. Until next time, remember, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>